everybody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And if you hear some noise in the background, there's nothing we could do about it. Uh, they're tearing a building down uh, in the name of Amazon uh, to uh, make way for some other stuff. Uh, it's, it's amazing what's going on in Crystal City, Arlington, Virginia. But uh, that's where our studios are, and that's what's happening. But uh, in any case, yeah, we're inside the Beltway of Washington, D.C., and, uh, you know, of course, Bezos newspapers, the Washington Post, and he's laying off, I don't know, 18,000 employees, yet they were supposed to put in 25,000 employees into this headquarters. And you wonder, how are they going to pull that off? You know, uh, it's almost like overnight the cha- the plans are changing. And you got to wonder about these uh, tech layoffs, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Amazon or Google. They're all laying people off. And, you know, we're hearing the World Economic Forum, you know, that ended uh, last week. Uh, we're, we're hearing, in Davos, it should, it should say, uh, we're hearing that uh, they want to, um, or that we're hearing that they're predicting. You know, we know when they predict something, it generally happens. But they're predicting a cyber attack. Meanwhile, you know, you got these um, uh, World Economic Forum officials talking about, you know, how they're just exchanging ideas. But then you hear other people giving lip service talking about rules and regulations and restrictions and and mandates and all kinds of other things. And so we we know that these governments are carrying out the talking, the 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 talking points of the World Economic Forum. And they're carrying the water for this agenda. And it's a marriage between governments and corporations so that they could wield their tyranny and their control and their power for profit. 
And then you got Hunter and you got Joe Biden with more documents, of course, more documents keep on coming. Um, but I have a, a different take on what you've been hearing from the mainstream media on what is happening there. And I thought that Andy McCarthy gave a good analysis and also Steve Ducey uh, gave a couple of tidbits. And we're going to listen to a clip related to that as well and explain, uh, sort of give an analysis to what, what, what we're going to hear. And I thought, uh, I think it's interesting I definitely think that uh, Joe Biden's not going to run for 2024, that's for sure. And I think that Hakeem Jeffries is going to be the person that the Democrat Party is going to eye. I think he would get the endorsement of a uh, a Barack Obama. And let's face it, the Democrat Party is still, it still belongs to Barack Obama. He's still the puppet master, and he is still in control. Joe Biden is nothing but an Obama puppet. And that's why Susan Rice is still employed in the government, working in the cabinet, basically doing all the work. The president doesn't do the work anyway. It's all of his underlings. Under, uh, underlings. And who was it? It was Michael Carpenter that was basically Joe Biden's uh, foreign advisor. And it was Jake Sullivan, who was Barack Obama's foreign advisor. And the national security advisor was none other than Susan Rice under Obama's regime. Regime, And they're still in place today. Michael Carpenter, Jake Sullivan, and Susan Rice are still up to the, uh, no good. Who else was in Obama's cabinet? Well, that person would be Samantha Power. She was the one who de- unmasked all of these names. Um, in these documents related to Crossfire Hurricane and setting into place the Russian hoax. And Samantha Power being the U.N. ambassador, it was very unusual that the U.N. ambassador would find themselves in a domestic situation there like that and wanting to declassify the the flynn Kislyak call and, and, and all these different things. And why would they do that? Because they were setting up a sting operation with the FBI, the help of the FBI, and the CIA. And, it, you know, the USAID and NIH are all money arms of the CIA, and the CIA is an enforcement arm of the State Department and the Foreign Services Policy of, uh, of uh, the Foreign Policy of, of the... Uh, of the presidency. And that's how, it, that's how it works in Washington. I mean, it's broader than that, and it goes deeper than that. But, I mean, that's a real basic snapshot for a radio presentation. Is that the CIA, you know, look, why did the CIA have a mission in Benghazi? Right? We know that the CIA was directly involved in Benghazi. It wasn't even an embassy. It wasn't a consulate. It was a mission. And they had a secret annex. And 13 hours, you know, went down. Benghazi, right? What was Benghazi? Benghazi was basically in the wake of the overthrow of Gaddafi, was a way to steal Gaddafi's stuff and turn Libya into a hellhole and finance ISIS, who were used basically as a mercenary group 
to protect oil pipelines going into Europe and into Africa and other precious minerals and assets so that the airline industry would benefit from that by having the precious metals that they could mine for and all of these other things that they were doing. But this energy and the for-profit and McCain and Lindsey Graham were all there as part of it. And when you take a look at just the history of things, it's always been about energy. You can go back to the Sykes and Pico and you can go back to the collapse of the Ottoman Empire to see how they were interested in these precious metals. You still have colonialism today with Giorgio Maloney from Italy calling out France for issuing worthless colonial francs in exchange for mining for gold in the Congo. You still have the exploitation where you got someone like Greta Thunberg talking about how she wants to end oil and fossil fuels. Meanwhile, she doesn't have one single care in the world for the slave labor camps in Congo. Not one. She could care less about those children that are 12 years old working 18-hour days in the mines in Congo for next to nothing, half-starving. I mean, Greta Thunberg is a piece of work. Privileged, spoiled, and protecting the banks is her mission. We got her on tape saying that. We've played it here before. It's such a charade. These people with their $1,000 suits and their six-figure cars and their million-dollar planes and their helicopters, burning fuels, eating steaks, want you to eat bugs and all the rest. But the scary part is that's not where it rests. If it rested right there, I wouldn't care whether they're luxury or not. I wouldn't care whether they're rich or not. But when it comes at the expense of the middle class around the world, that's when I have a problem. Because the middle class is getting crushed. And it's the middle class that actually votes opposite of them. The middle class does not trust them. The middle class is not the vote that went to Joe Biden. It was the the establishment elite that wanted to keep power. And it was the recruitment and the building of a dependent class, whether it be through open border policy or crushing the middle class so that the lower part of that middle class falls into a depressed state enough to where they're dependent on the government. And if you could actually get the middle class and turn them into a health risk and they need socialized medicine to take care of them, you know, either your brains or your signature are going to be on that contract, said the godfather. Well, is it any different when they actually mandate an injection into your arm that's causing all kinds of death and destruction in the middle class. They're forcing you. They're forcing your children. They're indoctrinating your children with transvestite pedophilia. And they're going on and on with this stuff. Black Lives Matter, they're calling you a racist and then saying we want reparations and pay me. When... The middle class doesn't have a racist bone in their body. 
It's like you're making me pay a fine for a crime I didn't commit. You don't think that's going to divide America? Based on skin color? Haven't you learned your lesson? Did you ever listen to the dream speech that Martin Luther King gave? The content of one's character, not the color of one's skin? But that's not what's going on with this $5 million five per family if you lived in California for so many years and did so many things. It's insane what, what the left has become. They are the enemy of the state. And we haven't heard hi nor here of Antifa. And all of a sudden they're showing up now that Joe Biden is in trouble, right? And they're showing up for that. And they're in Atlanta and they're getting arrested. And Antifa all of a sudden comes out of the woodwork. Who, who finances Antifa? It's George Soros. You know it. George Soros funds these NGO groups that finance Antifa. And the grand poof, the face of Antifa is George Soros. He's been overthrowing governments for the longest of times. Now, he may be dying off, but his son certainly is not. And there's pictures of his son photographed with every Democrat in Washington. The guy is totally connected. And they've only gotten richer with all the money they've given out. You say, well, how much money could they possibly have? How could they keep on giving the money out the same way Bill Gates does? Bill Gates' net worth, he's still one of the richest men in the world. And half of the money he's getting, he doesn't even declare it. It's tax-free. Why? Because it's ill-gotten. It's illegal money. I would love to see the tax research returns for Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and all these politicians. Lindsey Graham. Let's get bipartisan with it. You know, where are they getting all this money to be so rich with a government job? And why are they not speaking to the public? Why are they not being transparent? Well, we know the answers to all those questions. We don't need to belabor them. But wake up, America. And, you know, Emerald Robinson uh, tweeted this out, and I really appreciate it. She said something to the effect of the NFL and the NBA. Um, I'll probably uh, read it later in in the show. But she basically said something to the effect that Christians are under attack by these major sports companies. And that's why they're endorsing the trans and the uh, LGBTQ and the uh, Black Lives Matter and all these woke and social uh, distorted programs that are nothing but fraud and kickbacks. And what it is truly is the Democrats, they have agreed to, to be the warriors to fundraise for the cause. And they get money to raise money and they go out in the streets and they cause havoc. And these riots result in money. The news media uh, protects them. And they end up carrying the water for this this social agenda, uh, which is really an attack on Christianity. And it's a, it's, a, it's a way to distort children. It's why they want to actually, you know, put critical race theory and trans gender storytelling and uh, have these um, 
these uh, trans dance shows and stuff. They're popping up everywhere. And you see these adults clapping with children on sitting on their laps. There was this one heartbreaking video, though, I saw over the weekend where the child was covering his eyes. He just was disgusted by it. And the, and the parent, the so-called parent, I, I, I almost question whether these people are really even the parents or if this just isn't some sort of a photo op. You know, I mean, wasn't it Amanda Heard that was renting babies to take photographs and say that she was pregnant or had children and she was a mother and bull old, you know, take care of me? Whatever, you know, I mean, there's we're living in weird times. What started to, to pop up is they would show video from the 20s or 30s in New York and elsewhere where people dressed up and went out. And then they show pictures of, you know, the heroin, heroin infested streets of Philadelphia and San Francisco and L.A. And all these liberally run down towns. You know, people just had so much different dignity back in the day. No matter what lot in life you were, you dressed up and you had a little self-respect. And, you know, if you look at the uh, drug addictions and the drug deaths, it's been the easy access to fentanyl. There's a reason why fentanyl is the number one drug requested by young people. And that's because it gives you the best the best bang for the buck. It gives you the most high for the least amount of money. And that seems to be appealing for certain people. I don't know. But drugs are something that, you know, we used to do something about it. I think it was Nancy Reagan put a war on drugs. And, uh, and not anymore. You don't see any commercials denouncing drugs. And you don't see our Border Patrol doing anything about it either. You know, you have people like Kamala Harris lying to the public saying the border is secure when, in fact, we just had 254,000 people cross the border in, in the one month. I mean, that's they're not even trying anymore, folks. The only reason why the number is not bigger is they don't have enough money to process them enough. You know, they don't have enough personnel to process. But there's a reason why they want them in. Of course, we know it's slave labor. Slave, and, and it's also this deterioration of our population. You know, we have a declining... China, for the first time, reported a decline in their population. Remember they had the... the you could only have one baby? And... Um, and or you would be castrated. <laughs> well, they've sort of adopted that in Europe and, and in these globalist and socialist, uh, tyrannical, uh, uh, leadered, uh, led uh, countries. Like, you know, and Jacinda Ardern from New Zealand's gone. But the guy that's going to replace her is even just as bad. I don't know that you can say worse than Jacinda Ardern, but you could say just as bad. We have a clip from him not only is he going to still make sure you get the vaccine but he's going to also hunt you down and find you in your homes and we already know that the vaccine is is pretty is in pretty you know it's it's not been tested 
So we, we have um, some major topics to cover today. Uh, we're going to be covering um, a little bit of COVID, a little bit of World Economic Forum, uh, the Biden scandals. And we're going to start with, you know, some clips here. Ukraine. So here's Lindsey Graham speaking in Kiev. If Putin gets away with this, there's there goes Taiwan. If Putin's successful in Ukraine and isn't prosecuted under international law, everything <laughs> we've said since World War II becomes a joke. He will continue beyond Ukraine. Of course, Lindsey Graham is the dumbest person when it comes to foreign policy. He has sold out America. He thinks he's the leader. He's a dumb person. And... um he has done nothing but exploit for money through the military-industrial complex, through uh, defending or supporting ISIS with money, and perpetuating a war with Russia. Uh, and he's sitting there with Denang Dick Blumenthal, the guy who lied about his Vietnam record, and uh, uh, Senator Whitehouse, who goes to an all-white club in Rhode Island, and this is the people that are flanking him as he gives this speech, which is just disgusting. Why this guy, why South Carolinans keep voting for this guy is beyond me. Although I do understand why they did the last time. Because they didn't have a, they didn't have a Republican primary. Uh, that's the key. And they didn't want the other guy, the Democrat. So they chose him over a Democrat, and he barely won. But the fact is, is that they used COVID to say, we're not going to have a primary in South Carolina for 2020 when he won. So we're going to, South Carolinans are going to have them until 2026, but they better have a primary, and they better plan now to primary Lindsey Graham out of office. He has to go. Kevin McCarthy said no blank checks. That makes sense to me. We're not asking for a blank check. I'm not. I'm asking for military aid to accomplish the purpose of driving Russian invaders out of Ukraine. If Putin gets away with this, there goes Taiwan. If Putin's successful in Ukraine is not prosecuted under international law, everything we've said since World War II becomes a joke. He will continue beyond Ukraine. Let me, let me put it uh, slightly differently. We're not asking for... Kevin yeah, right. This is Denang Dick. He's going to weigh in on it. Uh, and here's Tom Hanks. You try, Okay, so number one, we don't trust our leadership when it comes to Ukraine. Here was Tom Hanks. Remember when they were saying you we need to go out and shame the people who don't get vaccinated? This was Tom Hanks. Didn't get the memo that the vaccine charade to advance. This is recent, by the way. This is not old. Um, says, uh, didn't get the memo that vaccine charade to advance social credit score systems to control speech, energy consumption, and health mandates is over. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I simply do not get it. It is literally the least you can do. And if you want to, if anybody wants to build up an argument about doing the least they can do, I wouldn't trust them with a driver's license. 
I mean, when you drive a car, you got to obey speed lo- speed uh, speed limits. You got to use your turn signal. You got to avoid hitting pedestrians. If you can't do those three things, then I get it. You shouldn't be driving a car. If you can't wear a mask and wash your hands and social distance, I, I don't understand. I I got no respect for you, man. I don't get it. Well, like, I really care whether Tom Hanks likes me or not. He's such a joke. And then here's another lie. Here's another lie from Kamala Harris, right? Let's take a listen about her. And uh, the equity equality uh, statement she made. Equality suggests often everybody should get the same thing. Well, that often assumes everybody started out in the same place as opposed to equity, which is everyone should end up in the same place. And if you then understand not everybody started out in the same place, you understand some people need more. So we all end up in the same place. (laughs) That's called communism, right? So, you know, I thought that one of the best uh, audio clips uh, that, that I've seen about that uh, I'm going to pull that up here, right here. Take a listen to this. This is, this is, this is a classic between equity and equality. Listen to this. This is great. Let me tell you a scary story. An economics professor at a local college made a statement that she had never failed a single student before, but had recently failed an entire class. The class had insisted that socialism worked, that no one would be poor and no one would be rich. A great equaliser. The professor then said, OK, we will have an experiment in this class. All grades will be averaged, and everyone will receive the same grade. No one will fail, but no one will receive an A either. After the first test, the grades were averaged, and everyone got a B. The students who studied hard were upset, and the students who studied little were happy. As the second test rolled round, The students who studied little studied even less. And the ones who studied hard decided they wanted a free ride too, so they studied little. The second average test result was a D. No one was happy. When the third test rolled round, the average was an F. As the test proceeded, the scores never improved. As bickering, name-calling and blame all resulted in hard feelings study for the benefit of anyone else. To their great surprise, all failed. And the professor told them that socialism would ultimately fail. Because when the reward is great, the effort to succeed is great. But when the government takes away all the reward, no one will try or want to succeed. And that is socialism, my friends. A race to the bottom. Yep. That's it. You know, it reminds me of Dinesh D'Souza when I played that clip about the wagon, right? So um, here's here's another deception, okay? Another globalist, new world order wannabe. This is Lori Lightfoot from Chicago. Here's what she has to say about um, crime. The way you deal with crime is you walk around without holding any cash. Doing it every single day. I think the follow-up is, and your solution is? 
I just explained it. We have been in Little Village working with those street vendors, understanding what the nature of the crime is, making sure that we're doing things in concert with them okay. to help them uh, 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 make sure that their money is secure, not use money, if at all possible, using uh, okay. other forms of transactions to take care of themselves. Heard a lot. So it sounds to me like she's uh, the, the Democrats never let a crisis, good crisis go to waste, right? So could it be that liberal... Uh, could it be liberal weak on crime policies are designed to get you to adopt digital currency in the way that vaccine registration is a gateway to social credit score systems? They will do anything for power and control. So they're allowing this crime to go up so that you will never carry cash in your pocket. Because then you'll have nothing to, you know, if you go with digital, then you know, what crime goes down because criminals are going to know that you don't have anything on your anything on you that you they could steal. You see, if you if you're walking around with a wad of cash in your pocket, you're liable to get clobbered over the head. Someone's going to take your money and your watch. So people go out now and they don't wear any jewelry. They wear no watch. They wear no rings. They wear no necklaces. And they don't carry any cash. They're deprived of everything. <laughs> You'll own nothing and be happy. <laughs> yeah, but the crime is having that impact. You know, you would never buy an antivirus software program if there were no viruses, right? Why would you pay money for an antivirus program when viruses don't exist. So, of course, they do exist. And the same guy that was behind that concept, Bill Gates, took it to a whole new level by using real people, creating a pandemic, and then coming up with the solution called a vaccine to make billions of dollars from government taxpayer dollars where the consumer thinks it's all free and of course it's not. Here's something interesting. Anthony Fauci is 84. Klaus Schwab, 84. George Soros is 94 years old. Nancy Pelosi's 82. Mitch McConnell's 80. And Joe Biden is 80. The founding fathers? James Monroe is 18. Aaron Burr, 20. Alexander Hamilton, 21. James Madison, 25. Thomas Jefferson, 33. John Adams was 40. And George Washington was 44. You know, our 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 world is deteriorating. But um, I wanted to talk about this equity. I'm going to read this tweet that I tweeted out over the weekend. I said, equity is important for trade and relationships. However, redistribution of wealth from one man's pocket to another is not it. Equality is essential for uh, society. Equality is essential for society. Kicking the teeth of the middle class so that liberals can gain power and control must stop now. All right, so... We got China has announced its first overall population decline in recent years amid an aging society and plunging birth rate. 
This to me is scary. I, I know that uh, Elon Musk has been on the side of saying that population decline is a, is a huge problem. I fell upon this uh, woman who tweeted these things out, Caitlin Johnstone from Australia. She says, if you say you oppose Russia because you're an anti-imperialist, but you don't oppose the U.S. empire for its role in starting the perpetuating, starting and perpetuating this war, then you're a liar. You don't oppose Russia because you're an anti-imperialist. You oppose Russia because you are an imperialist. So, I thought that was a pretty profound statement, and she wrote this other one, too. She said, if a nuclear war between Russia and NATO erupts, the answer to the question, was it worth it, will be a decisive no. Not just for the people like me, and that's Caitlin Johnstone, but for everyone, no matter how sympathetic they are to the Western power structure and no matter how much they hate Russia. If their answer isn't no immediately, it will be the their answer in a matter of hours. If people don't immediately understand the horror that's been unleashed upon the world and how nothing could possibly have been worth it, they will understand it in short order. I hope you never have to find out if you still feel the same way. She was, I think, responding to someone there, but I thought that was a profound statement as well. Stephen Miller writes this, if DOJ doesn't investigate the nexus between Biden's classified documents theft, the Biden Center, and the family's influence peddling for cash, it is a rigged sham, just like FBI never cared why Hillary created a secret illegal serve uh, server and wiped it, i.e. to conceal pay for play, right? Well, that's exactly what I said. I said that too. Um, I said this. So I want you to hear this. This is a clip. I, I recorded this clip uh, off of the uh, Fox and Friends today and posted it up on my social media. I think uh, it's very interesting. I say this to this. I, to this clip, I said this. And this is my theory. Democrats will take out Quip Pro Joe on processing crimes for mishandling classified docs while burying his treason for profit, which is cash for profit, right? I mean, uh, classified documents for profit. By negotiating, Hunter devices remain off limits. Now, that's the key. Because you're going to hear in this clip that I'm about to play, Steve Ducey say this. He's going to say that uh, he's hearing like a rumor. He's speculative. But I think what they're trying to argue, and, and if you look at the pattern of where we've been coming from all this time, everybody sort of says, well, Hunter is just a son. He's just a little boy, 50 years old. No. But they're trying to basically say children are off limits. It's Joe's problem. But herein lies the problem, folks. Hunter Biden was the was the you know the concierge for the Don, right? So he was doing all the crime and getting himself dirty. He was the one slinging in the mud at the behest and the order 
of Joe Biden, the big guy. So all the evidence that all the crime is over on Hunter's laptop, right? And if they make that laptop off limits because he's the son, that means all of the crime is not going to be investigated because it's the son, which is why the FBI, since December of 2019, decided we're not going to look into the laptop because this, the children of the president are off limits. So how, how great is that, that you could commit a crime by using your son? It's sort of like this. When a terrorist group hides themselves in a mosque and hides all of their weapons in a mosque, and then you have the rules of engagement say, we can't bomb a mosque. So no, no wonder then they're storing all their weapons cash in the mosque because they know that the rules of engagement say you can't bomb the mosque. You get it? So that's in essence what they're doing here. The rules of engagement say that Hunter can't be touched because he's the son. Well, that's where all the evidence is, isn't it? Oh, so you can't go after the son, right? You can't go after the son. That's, you know, it's, and all the mainstream media has been playing this game. Think about it. They're playing that game. They're saying, well, that's Hunter. Hunter's not the president. Uh, why are we looking at Hunter? It's like, no, we're not looking at Hunter. We're looking at Joe, right? And that's been sort of the thing. But guess that, get this. Joe doesn't have any evidence. Joe was like a no-name guy. No one ever, no one ever mentioned his name, the big guy. Who's the big guy? Nobody, nobody's, nobody of any official capacity said, we know that the big guy, we've heard a lot of people say it, but no one officially has de- declared it. So already you see this gap, right? Yeah, I'm just the president's son. Yeah, of course I got a lot of gigs I normally wouldn't have gotten. So this is what they're, ga- they're playing. The game they're playing is that Hunter Biden is like a mosque, and the rules of engagement say you can't bomb the mosque. So naturally, the mosque is where you hide all the evidence. So Hunter Biden has, is holding all the evidence. And nobody can look at Hunter Biden because he's the son. And the rules of engagement say you can't look at the son. And Joe Biden has none of the evidence because all he was was the carrot, the shiny object that was being sold. He's a product. So I say Democrats will take out quid pro Joe on processing crimes for mishandling classified docs while burying his treason for profit by negotiating Hunter devices remain off limits. Source, and that's the source of the evidence. While his records get sealed by both special counsels led by Jack Smith, which is heading up the Mar-a-Lago special counsel, which I believe has crossfire hurricane documents, and Robert Hur, the new special counsel that's handling the Biden classified documents. And of course, the Department of Justice is warning everybody Oh, you know, we're coming and we're going to go to the University of Delaware next. Tidy that up. So here it is. Violation is gross negligence with classified information. 
inadvertence is not a defense. So it's almost a plea of guilty for them to be saying that. Uh, and this business about how they self-reported, just to just to be clear on yeah, this, go over that they did not self-report. So the Biden private lawyers find the first batch on November 2nd yep. at the office. Right. They notify not law enforcement. They notify the Biden White House, which notifies not law enforcement, but the National Archives. Yep. Now, and this is, other step is important, too. They were hoping, I think, that the National Archives would just tuck this away. Mm-hmm. Who notified the Justice Department? It wasn't the top political officials at the National Archives. It was the inspector general whose job is to look for misconduct in the agency and report it to Congress. And such good points. Such and, and then ultimately it was leaked to the press. And suddenly it looks like somebody... Maybe a Democrat is trying to take out Joe Biden. You know, he was going to announce that he's going to run for president again shortly after the State of the Union. Uh, One other thing that is curious, and that is this. So they seized six classified documents and surrounding materials. It sounds like the surrounding materials were handwritten notes that Joe may have taken regarding those particular uh, classified documents. So they seized that. Here's the other thing. Hunter Biden lived at that house for a long time. If they looked at Joe Biden's devices, you know, his computers and stuff like that, did they look at Hunter Biden's devices? Or did the negotiator... They already had a laptop. They already had it. They still like to look at it. They've got that. But what about the other stuff? That's just the stuff he took into the Mm fix-it shop. What about anything else? Did the White House and the Biden team, his lawyers, negotiate, "Okay, okay, you can look at stuff for Joe... But you can't look at stuff that belongs to Hunter. I wonder, and we don't know, it's purely speculation. I wonder if that was part of the negotiation. All right, coming. So that's an interesting thing. And so, you know, what did they get Al Capone on? Murder? Did they get Al Capone on murder? No. They got him on tax evasion, right? I mean, you know, what did they get O.J. Simpson on? Uh, He was trying to steal back his uh, memorabilia? They didn't get him on, what, killing his wife and her her lover? I mean, give me a break. So I said this in response to that because it, it does look like maybe the Democrats are green-lighting uh, that they're going to, um, you know, put a happy face on, like, we're doing the right thing. We're the, we're the transparent party. Uh, and so we're going to do the right thing because Joe doesn't have another four years in him anyway. He's 80 years old now. What is he going to be like, 86? He's not going to... I don't think he has it in him. You know, he's already looking very frail. You know, he's not a... doesn't seem to me to be that healthy of a guy. But who knows? Because one day he looks like he got like three injections uh, of energy and another day he looks like he's like fumbling off the stage, right? So, I mean, obviously there's some medication involved there somewhere but that's why i said this because if anything happened with the speakership uh debate hakeem jeffries every day day after day had his whole entire party endorse him he's black obama loves him he's from new york not california and people were sort of tired of this Nancy Pelosi, uh, Dianne Feinstein, Gavin Newsom, BS, right? So what's happening is, and, and Maxine Waters, you know, all these 
Ted Lieu, uh, Adam Schiff. You know, California has had their day in the sun with the Democrat Party. And I think that they're looking to New York. That's why they liked Andrew Cuomo. They, they like that New York flavor. And so Hakeem Jeffries, I've been seeing his tweets and I've been seeing what he's been saying and he's been acting like a leader. And I guarantee you, this is a prediction, Hakeem Jeffries is the leader of the Democrats right now. And he will endorse the first black woman president in Kamala Harris, knowing that she would be an easy, uh, easy, she would be easy to, uh, to beat for 2024 nomination. Gavin Newsom will not be able to compete with an Obama endorsed Hakeem Jeffries. It just won't happen. And it's still Obama's party. And he'll have a puppet in Hakeem Jeffries because he will have made Hakeem Jeffries. And Hakeem Jeffries will win the nomination for the Democrat Party. That's who it's going to be. And I think that they might have Biden resign so that they could check that off their list, that they got a black woman to be president. That's the Democrats. You know, diversity. So I I wouldn't be surprised if Biden doesn't finish his term and resigns for one reason or another. Because carrying this baggage that and and again, I, I still believe that this trajectory started when they knew that they were going to lose the house. If they thought that they were going to be able to keep the house, then they could have blocked all the investigations and we wouldn't have. We wouldn't even talking about this. But because they couldn't prevent the House from being overtaken by the Republicans, now they know that the investigations are going to happen. And the best thing to do is to take get out of the way and take the garbage elsewhere. And that's I think what that's what's in play. And the Republicans would be smart if they were to um uh, dig up some dirt before the State of the Union address and really take it to them. I said this. Uh, there was a meme. It says, hi, I'm George Soros, a billionaire, sociopath, sociopathic globalist. I destroy economies, cultures, and countries. I profit off of the destruction of entire societies. I finance Black Lives Matter riots. I am funding Antifa. I said, George Soros is the face behind the soy boy LBGTQ trans Antifa terror group, which is why Democrats protect their biggest donor. Black Lives Matter is the same thing, but with a separate cultural agenda. All of them are political power blocks for the left who collude with unions. That's what it's all about. It's all about fundraising, energizing, uh, creating division. Uh, so they could lock in voter blocks. Rising Serper writes this: Interesting, isn't it? How it 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 how how Antifa all but disappeared during the first two years of Biden's presidency, and suddenly reared its general gender fluid head after more classified documents were found. Yeah, they're there when you need them. All right, so we got uh, some other things we want to talk about here. Um, this was a great uh, expose uh, where Rebel News basically went after uh, 
went after the head of Pfizer. And um, his name is Albert Burla, right? Albert Burla, CEO of Pfizer. And so they were asking these questions. I thought these were some really great questions. Let's take a listen. We're not going to listen to the whole clip, though. Stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. I won't have a nice, have a day, nice day until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the com- countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? Yeah, you have a little bit of red. Are you not ashamed of what you've done in the last couple of years? Do you have any apologies to the public, sir? Are you proud of it? You've made millions on the backs of people's entire livelihoods. How does that feel to walk the streets as a millionaire on the backs of the regular person at home in Australia, in England, in Canada? What do you think about on your yacht, sir? What do you think about on your private jet? Are you worried about product liability? He's not worried about product liability. And so let's take a listen to this one. There's two reasons why he wasn't in India. Listen to this. Pfizer never came to India despite our hugely lucrative market. You know why? Two reasons. One, the Indian government insisted on a local trial, which Pfizer flatly refused. Second, Pfizer insisted on legal immunity, which the Indian government flatly refused. Pfizer lobbied very hard to... Legal immunity... And uh, testing, they, 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 that was a bridge too far for them. A bridge too far. Legal immunity and testing. Wow. Elon Musk tweeted this out. Almost no one seems to realize that the head of bioethics at NIH, the person who is supposed to make sure that Fauci behaves ethically, is his wife, Christine Grady. Think about that, folks. How stacked is our government? They do all this on purpose. Emerald Robinson writes this, Dear Christians, it's time to boycott the NFL, the NHL, and the NBA until they become sports leagues. Again, rather than Rainbow Mafia and Black Lives Matter jihad organizations that spread anti-Christian propaganda. I agree 100,000%. So this woman here, remember this, when she said this? Uh, This is um, Representative Clark. Watch this. Coming in as a different generation, I remember my middle child waking up with nightmares over concern around climate change. (laughs) All right, that's crazy, right? So I said, your dysfunctional son, because she said my daughter was arrested, right? Um for uh, attacking the police in the name of Antifa, right, in Boston. I said, your d- dysfunctional son, not your daughter, wake up, uh, wake, wakes up with nightmares over climate change and attacks police officers as part of a domestic terrorist social group who hates cops. Representative Congresswoman Clark should be investigated for child abuse. It's, it's absolutely stunning and crazy that... Uh, these things are allowed to to go on. The the son of the representative Catherine Clark, the second ranking Democrat in the House, was arrested last night for assaulting a police officer during an Antifa event in Boston. It's crazy. Now listen to these people over at the World Economic Forum with their rules. Let's, Let's listen to this. 
important, otherwise there will be sanctions. The message was clear, we have the rules which, has to, which have to be complied with and otherwise there will be sanctions. So she has the rules. Who, who elected this woman? And then listen to this other woman. The international law and really respect law, that. Law, rules, and not respect. In a time when there are countries that choose the way not to respect them. And Russia chose that way. So we have countries that are respecting the rules and we have countries that are respecting their national interests going beyond the rules. And that is what is happening and we have to take into consideration the world order. We have to- The world order rules, regulations, restrictions made by us. If you don't obey the rules, then you are the enemy and we will sink you, right? We will punish you. Uh, there will be consequences, right? Meanwhile, they have this imagery that looks like a swastika behind them. So Chris Ray, the FBI guy, right, over in World Economic Forum Davos, says the level of collaboration between the private sector and the government, especially the FBI, has made significant strides. The level of collaboration between the private sector and the government. That's exactly the problem with the World World Economic Forum. So, Charlie Kirk writes this, $163 billion of COVID relief was stolen. $163 billion. Republicans must get to the bottom of this before one red cent of spending is approved. So, again, we have to look look at all of this and get to the bottom of it. Let's take a listen to this guy right here from Australia. The new <coughs> Early next Australia. year we'll be in the phase. The new leader of New Zealand of chasing up people who haven't come forward to get their vaccination or have missed their bookings and so on. So uh, everyone will be able to get a vaccine between now and the end of the year. Uh, But of course, you know, and and I want every New Zealander to come forward, but human behaviour suggests that there will be some people that we have to actually really go out and look for, uh, and and some of that may spill into next year. But Hunt them down is what he's saying. We want to hunt them down. So... That brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show. Uh, it's hard to fit everything in, and we still have more to go. But uh, that's why we're going to be we're going to be doing it all week. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Scott Adams show, and uh, be sure to check out our um, our nonprofit arm that helps us, and we're collaborating together. Um, because uh, it really does make a difference when you donate to magapac.org. Magapac.org, your donations go a long way in helping us sustain this great research that we're doing here at Red State Talk Radio and on the Scott Adams Show and across the country, like with WFYL, uh, 1180 AM in Philadelphia and a lot of other people that are picking up our show. So thank you all for that. Also use Red State over at mypillow.com. Red State over at MyPillow.com, and we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.